Welcome to Historical Fiction Unpacked. I'm your host, Allison Treat. Hello, readers, and welcome back to the podcast. This is episode four of season five, and today I'm talking with Amy Lynn Green, who wrote the book The Blackout Book Club. This is her third book, and we get into all the details about it in just a moment. I do want to let you know that for some reason, the audio is a little off with this episode. So um, I thought I was having some mic issues, but I didn't even realize it until afterwards. So please um, bear with me with that. I hope that it does not bother you too much and doesn't take away from the conversation because this was a really fun conversation with Amy. I always enjoy talking to her. I had her on the show toward the beginning of the podcast when I after I first started, I think it was fall of 2020, when I first had her on and we talked about her first book. So now we're talking about her third book. And I know you guys are going to love it. So I will get right to the conversation with Amy Lynn Green. Amy, thank you for joining me on the show today. Yeah, thanks for having me here. I love talking about books. Yes. Well, so do I, obviously. Mm-hmm. Your third novel, The Blackout Book Club, released in November of 2022. Can you tell me about this book? Yeah, I, like I said, I love talking about books and I love writing about books as well. So this novel was just a dream to write because I was able to write a book set during World War II in a small town in Maine where a group of misfits gather together around a small book club in their community subscription library. And each of the women has a different background and secrets from their past that come into the present. And the story is both how they find strength during hard times through their their shared love of reading, um, and also the way they come to learn to depend on each other. And uh, it was a joy to write. It was a lot of fun to research. And I hope that readers enjoy both the fictional book club members and also the books that they get to talk about within the book. Yes, that's what I loved about. I mean, there are a few things I loved about it. Of course, um, I read it in the fall and I, I really enjoyed it. But also, um, I don't know the very different personalities that came together. You had you know, such varied backgrounds among the book club members, and um, and then all the books that they talked about, I w- I either wanted to reread them or read them for the first time because I hadn't read all of those books. Um, but I just thought it was so fascinating, all those different books. So what inspired you to write this novel? That's such a good question. I actually, usually it's the history that ends up inspiring what I write about in the direction I go with the plot. And that's the case here too. But I actually started because I wanted to go visit Maine. And I thought, I wonder what was happening in Maine during World War II. And so in the course of my research, I found out about things like the Hooligan Navy, a group of civilians who helped patrol the coast to look for U-boats during the war. And I thought, wow, what a fun detail. Um, And among other fun home front details that I was able to find in my research, that was the one that was very Maine specific. And during my visit to Maine, uh, which of course is a research trip, not a vacation, as soon as (laughs) you look about it, uh, Mm I learned about setting lobster traps and uh, how the government took over 
people's property if they lived um, on some of the islands in the bay there mm. used as a naval reserve and about some of the defense plants that were in Maine um, to help make parts for the battleships that left um, across the Atlantic and all sorts of fun things that I was able to incorporate into the book. So like I said, if you're a writer, every vacation can count as a research trip. Yes, and it usually does. You just find things about the new area that are so fascinating. Mm-hmm. Yep, there's always something interesting about every place you visit. Yeah, so I I was curious about something within this novel. I, I know I read your very first novel, um, Things We Didn't Say, which was completely epistolary, which means that it was written through letters or other documents. Um, and there was no other narrative besides that. Um, and I noticed that there were epistolary um, elements in this book, but I guess I want to say like, what was the different, how was it different to write this kind of novel versus a complete total epistolary novel? Well, this might surprise you, but it was a lot harder. Mm. Um, for me really? personally, yeah, I know people always think that it would be way harder to write a book written in letters. Yeah, um, That's a question I get a lot. But for me, it was definitely the easiest thing that I've ever written. And I think that's because I really love dialogue. Mm. And letters are essentially just long chunks of dialogue. It's great. You don't have to bother with descriptions. If you don't know something, it might not even show up in the person's letter because it's what they choose wow. to say and what they choose to hold back. That's interesting. I really love dialogue too, but I've never even attempted to write something completely <laughs> in letters. So well, I never thought about it that way. It I might. I'm telling you that makes it a lot of fun. It's it's harder to like, there are certain, there are only certain stories that can be told through letters though, which right. is why not all of my novels are epistolary because um, in this case, no, none of these people in the same community. If you're writing a book about people gathering together in community, it would be pretty difficult to write it in letters because nobody yes. is doing that um, when they're physically close to each other. So um, it was really a fun experience to write each of these four characters mm-hmm. um, and their different perspectives. But it, I, I also really enjoyed the epistolary element in the Blackout Book Club, which are the notes from the book club, because... Mm-hmm. I just didn't want to write 10 scenes of people sitting down in the library and discussing books that would just get really old and would take a very long time and would have made this book just much longer than it needed to be. So the fact that I could just take um, a book club member and their unique personality and sense of humor and have them jot down some of the highlights from the discussion felt like a good way to include those books in a way that, like you said, hopefully makes people want to reread or read for the first time. Right. I loved the notes also because with the different characters keeping the notes, they brought their own um, kind of commentary on what was going on (laughs) to each of those meetings. So that was great. You can thank my editors for that because originally they were all from Avis's perspective and they said, you know, this could be a great chance for you to have some other characters get a chance to shine. And when I made that change right away, I knew this was going to be a lot of fun. Both yes. for me as a writer and hopefully for readers too. Yes, definitely for the readers. All three of your novels take place during World War II. So why do you keep writing about this era? I think World War II 
is a very fascinating time with a lot of strong emotions. I am really drawn to strong conflicts. Um, all of my books have people who are thrust into situations that they wouldn't have otherwise chosen, but the war makes it necessary for some reason. So in Things We Didn't Say, Joe is forced to be a translator in a small prisoner of war camp. In yeah. The Lines Between Us, you have conscientious objectors who are working as firefighters, uh, which is definitely not a role they would have chosen otherwise. And mm -hmm. in The Blackout Book Club, you have Avis taking over her brother's librarian job when he goes off to war. So there's something about that time period that introduces a lot of strong conflict. I also really like writing Homefront stories yes. um, because you can be uh, there's not as many books written on the u.s home front i feel like so there's mm -hmm. a lot more new details that readers can discover through them and also i just like to have a sense of humor in my books and that's not entirely appropriate when you're writing books set actually um on the the battlefield or in a concentration camp um, right. that would be disrespectful so having a home front story where i'm able to show that sense of humor is a good fit for me yeah yeah that's great so um is it mostly the the sense of humor that you like about it or what aspect of home front life did you find in your research like that you enjoyed working into this novel i always find lots of details interesting. The hooligan Navy stuff was a lot of fun to read about. Um, yeah. A lot of these men gave very humorous accounts of their time at sea <laughs> and the mistakes they made and confusing uh, a whale for the sound of a U-boat and all of these funny things that happened to them along the way. So that was, that was really fun to research. Also researched a lot of crimes that occurred during World War II that people were able to pull off. Can't get into too much detail about that because spoilers in the book. But mm, yeah. uh, one of the main illegal doings of one of the characters was based on a real thing that happened in New England. Um, oh, wow. That was fun to learn about. So that's a <laughs> really vague answer. But anything that happens in the second <laughs> half of the book is kind of got to be vague for people who haven't read it yet. So yes, and I'm sure that listeners will enjoy looking for that as they're reading the book. So that's always good. So I am curious, how do you balance fiction with real history when you're writing these novels? Ooh, that is such a great question. I try to do a lot of my research at the very beginning of my writing process, all the big things that are going to shape the plot as a whole. Mm -hmm. And for that, any event that happens, I feel like is fair game for me to stick into my story. So like I said, criminal activity that was going on at the time, definitely going to use that. Yeah. Uh, Hooligan Navy, for sure, sticking that in. I even will reference a few real characters like the man who founded the Hooligan Navy. Um, in other books, I have a little minor, minor characters or cameos of real historical people. But I really want the main characters of my book to be entirely fictional. And that's partly because some of the people who took place to took part in events in the 1940s are still alive or their children yeah. are alive. And I want to be respectful to that. And when I am making up whole plot lines and emotions and character growth, I don't want to be using people in places that really existed. Mm. 
just to be respectful to that history. So um, in every book, I have an author's note at the back that shares a little bit of the real history and then directs people to my website where I have a page that says, here's what is true from my book. And here are the things that were based on true things. And here are the parts that I completely made up. Um, Most of those are main characters and things of that nature. So I always tell people, don't look at that page until you've read the book because there will be spoilers. But it's been fun to have readers contact me from my website after reading that with the things that they learned as they read. Yeah, that's great. That's a wonderful resource for them for after you read the book. Got to do something with all of those pictures and bits of (laughs) history that I didn't get a chance to use. Right. That's true. Um, So the Blackout Book Club has been called an ode to books and libraries, but also an ode to human connection. What purpose does the book club serve for the women in your novel? Oh, yes. I actually started out when I knew I was going to write a story about a book club. I started the book kind of mid-pandemic when things were still in flux as far as can we meet with people, Mm. can we have the same kind of in-person community that we used to. And so one of the themes throughout the story is um, what is keeping these people apart? Because they don't have to physically not be together like we did at that time. But Mm -hmm. there are still so many things that can separate us from one another, even when we're allowed to physically be in each other's presence. So each of the four members has something that's keeping them from connecting with other people well. So for Avis, the librarian, it's her perfectionism and her wanting to appear like the perfect wife um, and model citizen. For Louise, it's her uh, desire to be the philanthropist and also to hide some of her past from people around her. For Ginny, it's the fact that she feels like she's just going to be moving on soon from this community, so why bother making friends anyway? And for Martina, it's the shame that she has um, from her past and her fear of trusting people because of the bad experiences she's had in the past with when she trusted people. So yeah. for all of those different perspectives, I just had to say, what would make these women put down those things and come together. And that's where I went with the plot after that. That's great. So it wasn't, it was the book club came after the, after the characters in your mind. Is that the book club, the plot of what happened with the book club came after the characters. I thought I want to start a book club. Then I populated it with book book club members and their secrets. And then I thought, what is this book club going to do for these women? Okay, great. Um, now, have have you been a member of a book club? I am currently member. You are of a little, currently. yeah, a little four person book club, and right now we are reading and discussing the Chronicles of Narnia, which has been so fun. Haven't done yeah. that since I was a kid, so a really great experience. Oh, that's wonderful! Um, and I assume that you have visited um, book clubs as an author. I have. It's been a joy. This is from book clubs of young moms who are excited for their Saturday away from their family to a group of retired school teachers who Mm. actually knew one of the people I referenced, one of the real life historical people I referenced in my first book because they live in Minnesota and they knew him and his family. So that was a little scary. (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. Yep. It was pretty fun. Yeah. So what what value do you think book clubs add to our lives today? I think the ability to not just read a book, but also experience it with other people to get their perspectives is going to make 
the experience of reading a book so much deeper and richer. Um, it's not something anyone has to do formally, but even mm -hmm. if you're discussing with a friend a book that you shared, I feel like the joy you have in reading it is multiplied by hearing their experience reading it. And sometimes I've learned so much more from a book by hearing how someone else approached it or hearing how they worked through some of the issues that the book rose or their own experiences that paralleled a certain characters that I never would have had if I hadn't have discussed it with someone else. There are some books that I personally didn't like that after discussing it with someone who did like it, I could at least appreciate and understand better, even if it didn't make me want to put that book in my top five books of all time. So I think it's really right. valuable for other readers to have those discussions. Yes, it totally is. Um, I am not currently part of a book club, but I, I miss it. So I'm thinking, oh, how can I incorporate that into my life again? Because I have been part of a couple different ones. So, Well, even just connecting with other readers online or doing things yes. like this podcast is a great way to have conversations about book. It doesn't have to be like a regular monthly meeting right. with tea and scones, but I do love scones. So I'm, yes. not, I'm not knocking that either. <laughs> that, that is a nice addition, tea and scones. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Uh, so how has writing this book in particular changed your view of history? Ooh, that's such a great question. I think writing this book in particular, because there were four different women who I tried to step into their mindset to look at the events of the start of World War II, it made me realize that we have this idea of the greatest generation and the monolithic way that they approached different mm. issues and that's obviously, when you think about it, you know that's an oversimplification. But I think for me, seeing like, would each of these women been enthusiastic about the war? What would it have cost them? Um, what hardships would they have uniquely faced that others might not? Um, that w It was just a really good way to think about the war from many different lenses, which has been true in all of my books, has, has made me think more about the events that I think of because I didn't experience them personally as more impersonal dates and battles had real meaning to these mm. people and it had real consequences and there were people that were grieving and people that had to take on extra responsibilities and the, the sacrifices that they made have been really meaningful to me. Wow, that's great. Um, and is that what you want your readers to take away from it? Or is, is there something else that you are, are hoping that readers will get from this book? I mean, like I said, uh, when you discuss books with other readers, people take away vastly different things from each book, <laughs> yes. which I love. I adore when people send me an email and say, um, this book helped me when I was going through this. And I thought, never would have made that connection in my life, but I'm so glad this book was there for you then. Um, but I do think one of the main things that I hope people take away is the importance of community. And it doesn't have to be bookish community, uh, mm -hmm. church communities, families, friendships. Um, all of those are so important to us. And in a world where we have so many other avenues of things that feel like connection, whether that's social media or um, just the busyness of the number of activities in our lives, it still matters so much for us to connect with other people and be open and share our lives with them. So I hope people take yes. that away and feel like that is something that they want to value more in their lives. 
Oh, yeah, that's wonderful. So, Amy, you've been doing this gig for a few years now. This is your third novel. Do you feel like you're living the dream? Is the author life what you always thought it would be? I mean, it helps that I worked in publishing for, uh, what was it, seven or eight years? Um, yeah. In that I didn't have a glamorized version of the author life. Right. Where it was right. like, ah, oh, yes, like I wake up in the morning and drink my tea and have several hours to leisurely write as the muse speaks to me. And everyone will adore my book and they will all get five stars. Um, yeah. <laughs> But not that that's bad. Like, I'm sure there are some people who have that experience, at least some of the time. But as somebody who worked with authors, I knew that writing can be hard. And sometimes you just fit it in whenever you can. Some of this book was written uh, using voice to text while I did a stroller ride with my baby girl. Mm. And then I had to fix all of the errors that voice to text inevitably has. Of course. (laughs) Um, So um, it helped that I knew that writing is a joy. It's storytelling is something that's really valuable, but it's also something that can be hard or boring or where am I going to find this obscure research bit that I keep searching for and can't find anything on. And some people are not going to like it. And all of that's okay because it's a creative pursuit and Mm -hmm. it's good to enjoy the parts that are fun and it's good to persevere through the parts that aren't as fun. Um, And in the end, I love what I get to do. And I'm so grateful that I am able to tell stories for people to read. Yeah. And I'm sure it sounds like you had realistic expectations because of your experience. That really does help. Yes. (laughs) That's great. So what are you working on next? Can you tell us about that? Yeah, I'm actually currently working on edits for a book that's coming out in about a year from now. Mm. And this one starts out on the U.S. home front and then travels over to North Africa, which is my first time in an international setting because I am following a variety unit with the USO who went over to entertain the troops. So not the big stars and big names, just average entertainers who he did the call to go over and perform shows for the GIs um, in their various combat locations. So I am telling you, I had to do way more research for this book than any of my other books, but I learned so many fun things about both the war in North Africa and the comedians and singers and dancers who went over to entertain them. Yeah, I bet you did. And, but I bet it was um, a little tricky to fit all this in with a baby. It's, yep, it's always going to be tricky. And I got very little writing done the first three months after she was born. Oh, yes, of course. But everybody in my life has been super supportive and helpful. And now baby girl is sleeping through the night and I actually have cognitive function to write (laughs) during her nap time. So that's a blessing. That's wonderful. Yes. (laughs) That's a great milestone. Well, Amy, this is my last question for you. It's kind of a fun question. If you could choose any time to live in history other than right now, what time period would you choose to live in? And I'm, I mean, I know you write about World War II, but I'm curious if that would be your choice. You know, part of me wants to say that because that would make research a lot easier. I would just be (laughs) scurrying around with a notepad and everybody would think I was really weird. Um, (laughs) Just like saving primary sources somewhere so that my future self could find it when I untime traveled back. Um, But I think if I were actually living in a time period and not just 
visiting. Ah, it's hard. It would be pretty cool to be alive during some of the biblical time periods, not necessarily mm. because their life was easy, but just because of the amazing things you'd get to see. Like if you got to see Jesus doing a miracle, that would yeah. be a pretty amazing experience. Um, right. So I think I'll say that, even though I realize that that would mean giving up indoor plumbing and yeah. I might have regrets about that. <laughs> That's a great question. How about you? Oh, for me, I think, um, you know what? I asked this question of Kimberly Duffy mm -hmm. and I agreed with her answer because I've always thought I would just like to have modern medicine to a certain degree and some knowledge of like sanitary practices. So, <laughs> you know, like the late 1800s, early, early 1900s. So like the Gilded Age seems like a very um, acceptable and enjoyable <laughs> time to live. But that's very selfish. I wouldn't get to see Jesus's miracles then. So I mean, but also people bathed regularly by that. Yes. So that's a plus. That's, <laughs> yes. Yes. I think I, I would, I don't know. I also just love the, um, like the dress during that time. And mm -hmm. um, it, it seems like an exciting time in history. Yeah. A lot of things happening. There are interesting things about like the Regency period, but I'm telling you probably like five women looked good in those dresses and they're <laughs> yes. all on the covers of those Regency books. But, I, but most of us know that just that style right. would not work out well. Yes, you're absolutely right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, Amy, this has been a wonderful conversation. What is the best way for listeners to follow you? I have a Facebook page and an Instagram page. On Facebook, I share mostly World War II history and some book news. On Instagram, there's a little bit more about writing life and just life in general. Um, and then also on my website, which is amygreenbooks.com, I have a newsletter that I send out about quarterly with fun bookish things. Um, and so, and I also have a contact form there that I always encourage readers to email me uh, using that. So would love to hear from readers. I, as somebody who writes books filled with letters, I greatly enjoy writing letters and emails whenever possible. Yes, wonderful. Thank you so much for being with us today. Yeah, thanks for your great questions, Allison. Well, my friends, I hope you enjoyed that conversation. It was great to talk with Amy again. And um, I learned so much from this book. I hope you go out and get it. You can get to it from my show notes. Um, I always provide affiliate links to the books I talk about on my show and also ways that you can connect with the author. So view the show notes either in your favorite listening app like Apple iTunes or Stitcher or whatever app you use to listen to your podcasts. Or you can go right to the internet to alisontreat.com slash blog. That is where you will find the show notes. So as you know, if you listen to the show, I like to give you some ways that you can help us. Um, because we don't have ads on this show, I need your support in other ways. So one of the biggest ways you can help me is by following or subscribing to the show in your favorite listening app. And also, um, I love reviews. If you are enjoying the show, just go rate it and review it. It does not take long. It could take like 30 seconds to a minute maybe to leave a review about the show. So that is the biggest way that you can help other people find historical fiction unpacked. And if you are wanting to go a step further and find out the kind of benefits that we offer to our patrons, you can check out the perks we offer at 
patreon.com slash Treat. Now you can get there from the show notes very easily, or you can just go to patreon.com slash Treat, but you have to spell Allison Treat correctly. It's one L, A-L-I-S-O-N-T-R-E-A-T. And one of the benefits, one of like the highest level of support includes a benefit of receiving a book every month. So you definitely want to see what the different levels are and if you would be interested in supporting us there. Now, if you'd like to get involved in the conversation on Facebook, you can join the Facebook group. That's completely free to join, but you can find it from the show notes or you can search for it on Facebook. It's called Historical Fiction Unpacked Podcast Group. And then as well, you can follow us on Instagram at Historical Fiction Unpacked. Now, you guys know that I love to end the show with a quote. It happens every episode. So what I'm, I'm going to share a little um, personal information about this. I usually don't know what quote I'm going to end with until, you know, I'm editing the episode and recording the intro and outro. And I just go online and I search like for quotes about something we talked about. Um, and sometimes there are quotes that I know or have heard before, and sometimes they're completely new to me. But I was just thinking about the importance of community and how Amy was talking about um, just how important it is to connect with people, especially in our busy lives today. And that's what the Blackout Book Club was for these women, and it also book clubs can be that for us today, as well as other community. So as I was searching, I suddenly remembered my favorite quote about community and it's a little bit long this time, a little bit longer than usual, but I'm going to read you a whole, it's not a long poem, but a whole poem by John Donne, For Whom the Bell Tolls. No man is an island entire of itself. Each is a piece of the continent, a part of the main. If a clod be washed away by the sea, Europe is the less. As well as if a promontory were, as well as if a manner of thine own or of thine friends were. Each man's death diminishes me, for I am involved in mankind. Therefore, send not to know for whom the bell tolls, it tolls for thee. So I didn't want to lend like a morbid idea to community, but just to show you how much each person is connected to us and why we need connection in our lives today. So keep making those connections. My friends, even join a book club if you can and keep reading historical fiction. I will talk to you again next week. Bye.